pale horse. The man who sat on him was dead. And hell followed with him. You're killing me, man. Hello and welcome to Declarations War. I am your host, Alexei Card, joined by my faithful co-host and fellow noir brethren, Levitain. Good day, good day, good day. And our special guest today, Senior Brave Diplomat and Chief Political Coordinator for their War Against Fraternity, Wolf Alex Straza. Hey, y'all. How's it going? Thanks for coming, Wolfie. Really appreciate it. Um, this has been a fascinating story that we've been covering a little bit on the uh, on the show now for a couple weeks, uh, Nora has recently started turning our attention over to fraternity, doing what we can to help out as well. But we thought it would be really great to have an insider's look at the really high level way that the war is going. And I really want to thank you for your time here. I think this is going to be a really interesting show. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you having me on. Now, before we get into it, uh, let's hear a little bit more about yourself to introduce yourself to our listeners. Um, who are you? How did you get into EVE? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I've been playing Eve from a pretty young age. I think I first started as a high sec miner, uh, being a, a nice new bro back when I was like seven years old. So this was back in like uh, 2004, 2005. Um, and then, as you know, I just spent basically all that time mining in high sec until finally decided to make the jump to null after after getting into college and just you know finding something a little bit better, wanted wanted more action. And so, uh, yeah, I kind of threw that, getting into NullSec. I joined up with Brave, and ever since then, it's been a pretty fun ride, steadily climbing my way up and just helping out with everything. Now, initially, why Brave? Um, I, I had spent all that time in, in high sec, basically not talking to a ton of people in the game. Like, it was fun to read the forums and, you know, go on, on Reddit and stuff like that and, and just read about it. But uh, I, I guess about seven years ago, when I first joined Brave, I was kind of looking for a group. They were called Brave Newbies. I felt like a newbie to NullSec. And, joined it and, and i've just loved the community and the environment ever since then been a, a lot of changes in brave over that time but i've enjoyed the ride yeah absolutely and some recent changes which we'll get to in a second but how did you sort of navigate the waters through brave and all of its upheavals various coalitions various leaders and you know kind of talk us through your career path on becoming a diplomat yeah absolutely um you know, it's only been in the last two, uh, two or three years that I've really gotten big into kind of leadership and Eve and, and doing stuff that's like, a, you know, like a tagged role in the alliance. Um, a lot of the upheavals that I was just being through to witness, like the like the coup and a bunch of fun stuff like that. A, a lot of it was cool just being a line member and getting to experience that history because it's always felt uh, we've got a wiki article called Braves Ever Evolving History. And that, that really what that's what it is. Everything changes and evolves and you just kind of got to go with the flow. But uh, particularly into becoming a diplomat, um, I got approached uh, maybe six, five months ago to, to really step into that role after having been with the Brave Dojo, which is kind of like Eve University, but specific to Brave, where we do a lot of classes and stuff like that. I've been helping them them out um, coordinating those classes for about a year and a half, two years now. And it just kind of naturally fell on my lap where I know a lot of people around Eve. I've been around for a little bit. Diplo just kind of made sense for me to start helping out with. <laughs> Very cool. Um, so the coup is obviously fairly interesting. Um, but I, 
there there are probably a lot of sources out there for it. I think what's really relevant to the story that we're kind of in now is the not coup so much as just general collapse of legacy coalition tests kind of uh, falling down right at the door of Delve, losing all their space. Uh, Brave had to relocate. You were kind of coalitionless, regionless. Why pure blind? And, you know, talk us through your initial diplomatic relationship with fraternity when you put down roots up there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so as far as why pure blind, I mean, if we look at Dotland and, and the map and everything, there's not a ton of places left to go out there. I mean, it, NullSec, one of the things that it kind of I haven't loved about the game over the last, particularly like last five, ten years is that in, in NALSEC, it's just, it's all big major coalitions and blocks nowadays. You can't, you know, you can't really get along with just being, you know, a group of, of maybe, you know, 50 of your closest friends out there in, in a couple of systems. It just doesn't happen. You get steamrolled. So, you know, we had to find a new home after after Legacy kind of fell apart. And, um, you know, we, we were in uh, German it for a bit, and that was never going to be a forever home. That was always a stopping point. So, when looking at space, we just saw a weak spot around here and decided to take it. Um, as far as an initial Diplo, um, while I wasn't there right at the start of our, our move into to Pure Blind, um, there was definitely a lot of pretty cool things that happened at the start of it. I mean, Fraternity, they're awesome people. They really are. They helped us out a lot with the move. We, we sheltered in their Keepstar, all of our supers. We never wanted a, a war to really happen like this. Um, it, it just kind of occurred and we had to pick a side for it and this is the side we ended up going on but but initially everything with fraternities diplo were great we still try to keep a good relationship with them even with all the propaganda and you know usual war shit talking so well i I think that's a little interesting because while the tensions initially broke out with volta it feels like brave is taking on the brunt of the fighting yeah, it, uh, definitely in, in some ways. Um, part of that may be a little bit of posturing because, you know, we, we, we've got a very good propaganda department. Our guys that, that do that, they have so much fun making the memes because a, a big thing, especially that, that don't talked about in his keynote this year at FanFest was keeping your morale up during during these kind of wars. That's a really big thing. So being able to show that Brave is the little guys, we're punching up, we're staying strong, keeping in the fight. It's extremely important to kind of keep that momentum. So it's something that we really are pushing. And how has the war gone so far? I, I think it's no, we've noted on the previous show that fraternity hasn't seemed to have taken any significant territory or really claimed any major victories in general, at least as far as I'm aware, which for a coalition of their size and, and the amount of fear that they generate among other coalitions in the game is pretty remarkable. Yeah, it, remarkable is definitely a word for it. I mean, it's uh, the war, in my opinion, is going very well. Obviously, as a smaller alliance, because we're we're really only a mid-level alliance in this game. We're not one of the big major null players. Um, it's really been a lot of punching upward, um, trying to keep them out of our space. We've got an advantage because we're defending. Then that's always nice to be. That's nice to not be the aggressor for once. <laughs> um, but um, it, as far as uh, like their gains go they just haven't been able to take a lot of territory and that's because we really have been able to keep our people motivated in the fight every objective is an important objective um and at, at the same time we've got new people that are joining us every day we've had a couple of corps join us last month alone so we're, we're constantly getting new people in for the fight uh 
talk about the, the so they're not taking any territory from you. Are you able to push back? Is that something Brave's even interested in doing? What's the offensive side of the war, if any? I mean, as far as pushing back, we don't we don't really want Frat's territory. I mean, it, it's not our intention. Our our main intention was to stop the blob growing bigger. You know, I mean, it, it's already hard to find fights. I've heard from plenty of guys that like to go out and do low sec rooms, um, like Goring Clade. They, they were they were having hard times getting any major null group to fight them, and I just we kind of felt like that would get worse if if Frat expanded out. So. Um, they, they haven't really been able to take any of our territory. We don't really want to take any of theirs either. Expansion is not the goal. Expansion is just to keep, you know, Nullsec alive and keep the Alliance alive. Now, as far as reaching out, we, we are starting to impact their space. There's the, obviously the, the structure attacks that have to happen in the back end. There's economic attacks that you need to do because really that's, that's what those wars end up focusing on is the economy and, you know, tiring their people out to where they don't want to fight anymore. Fraternity, I mean, it's been speculated on Reddit that they're taking sort of a bleed-you-dry approach. as figuring, probably correctly, that they have a lot more money to play with than you guys do. Do you think that's true? If so, how do you view that risk? I, I definitely think it's true. I mean, just in size in general, having seen, um, you know, just being able to compare what our, our tax wallets look like compared to theirs, I'm, I'm sure with that many systems and that many people, it's it's a big difference. I mean, the bleedy-dry approach, it's the exact same one that we would use if we were facing a, a smaller alliance in our area, because particularly with the way that, that like Fazisov works, it's really hard to get a defender to give up their territory. You can try to use force, or you can try to just burn out their wallet so they can't defend anymore. Um, that, that, that is the approach I think that they're going to try to take with us, whether it'll work. I, I don't really think that it'll be successful. We've been able to find other ways to make us during the war before. We were still able to make ISK when we were actively losing our territory and and catch and and um, in, in pass Aquarius. We you know this isn't the first time Brave has been on the I guess the smaller side of things um, or that somebody's tried to really evict us. Even even if I don't I don't necessarily think Frat fully wants to evict us yet. Maybe that goal has changed, but I know they're still focused on GTC. We just happen to kind of be in the way of that. And Kerblang's in a in a nice, interesting position. Um, in the last Imperium Wars, uh, when Imperium came north itself, has a bit of NPC. It's next to Losec. I mean, looking at the map, it's a it's a pretty difficult area to dislodge Brave from. Because I mean, if they if they came in overwhelming numbers, you'd just you'd back off into the Nullsec and then the and the NPC pockets, and you'd be difficult to dislodge. And as you say, they've they've only got one kind of bridgehead into Pure Blind, a single system with the buffer region of tribute. So um, uh, it's it seems like you guys have got a pretty strong defensive position there. Yeah, definitely. As far as, far as systems that could have been picked, our, our command team did a fantastic job of, of deciding that um, that Pure Blind would be where we would live. While it's got some downsides to that and that Frat's also able to stage out of NPC space very easily, at the same time, it makes it really hard for them to be able to get that kind of that beachhead they would need to start really pushing their, their capitals and super cap supremacy on us. So We've got a lot of a lot of potential options if the war starts sliding the other way. That's one really nice part about being a more flexible alliance um, is that we, we can make those decisions if we need to. And while we may not have started out on as Fred's major target for this war, we've been definitely throwing our weight around. So they've definitely been pushing a lot of focus on us as time have gone on, particularly with that headshot attempt at the start of the war. 
Yeah, and certainly Noir have been kind of looking at Tribute itself as the as the main pipeline kind of between you know their their particular stage and yours as a couple of bridges through Tribute itself. Um, do you ever see and this may be pure speculation? Do you ever see, Tribute's in a pretty interesting position after the old invasion? The old invasion is kind of was typically full of lots of smaller groups, you know, places where, as you say with your description, a group like Brave would kind of want to put down roots because it's, you know, it's one of the few places on the map you got left. Um, and I, I, I certainly might be nice to keep tribute as is. Do you ever think that that if, if Frad ever backed off, for example, do you ever think that you'd ever kind of expand a little or would you be happy with your, your current corner of space? It, it it definitely depends. Well, I, I can't speak for the rest of the team. This is kind of my personal opinion on it. I'd I'd love to see us expand out a little bit more. Get get some more corpse coming into Brave. Right now, our our current our current systems are are kind of a perfect size for us. But we are definitely focused on growing our our corp recruitment team, which is kind of part of our HR and and Diplo team. We've had a lot more outreach and people asking to join us. Even surprisingly, even with this war. Um, so as as we get more groups coming into us, we may eventually want to look at more space. That's not in the cards right now, but I, I really can't say as time goes on. But being kind of with Pure Blind being so close to Tribute, it, it just puts us in a really good spot to be able to do that. As you say, it's like David and Goliath thing. You you guys are you're a David versus the the Goliath, the the burning menace of Goliath. And and I think people I think more than anything I think people recognize that between the big null blocks, you're not going to see massive fights because if they start to fight, the server has a heart attack. But the small fight, the small groups itself, you guys are in a good place to kind of give content out at a a meaningful rate. So I I certainly saw, I've seen this elsewhere itself, you guys are in a a pretty attractive position right now. That must feel really good. Oh yeah, no, it's it's fantastic. There, there's something really nice about being in Brave, where as long as I've been with it, we've always been able to get fights right off the undock. We don't have to be able to, to roam out anywhere. Back when we were in Catch, you'd constantly have groups coming through GE. Now that we're in Pure Blind, we constantly have roaming groups. It's it's one of the only places that really groups can come to easily get content without getting fully blobbed, um, and and just kind of being in that position, it, it, it's been very nice. Surviving the headshot was, you know, obviously a, a key element of the war. Uh, looking forward, actually, no. Give us, give us just an update of where you think things stand now. And looking forward, what do you anticipate Fraternity to do? You know, I'm not going to talk about your battle plans necessarily, unless you you feel like it. But uh, it would be interesting to know uh, kind of your what are you anticipating from them? Where do you see this war going over the course of the next month or two? Yeah, you well, even still see it lasting months, I guess. Um, I, I guess it really depends on, on how the next, you know, next couple of months go. Their players can certainly, like we've seen it before where fraternities attacked systems before, they attacked regions before, and they've been turned away after a bit. It's tough on their player base. It really is just because they're fighting an offensive war outside of their primary time zone. So uh, I guess biggest things that would really concern me are as Fred expands out their allies, like we've had a lot of smaller groups come into to us to help out. They're doing the exact same. Uh, Deepwater, for example, has been putting up an awesome fight. I, I love some of the folks there. Um, uh, you know, a decent amount of, of, of shit talk on both sides. That's kind of how it goes. Um, I know Test is going to be staging. They're now staging right in front of uh, Fred's Keepstar and Losec. So, Kind of uh, over the next couple months, I'm expecting it to heat up a lot more for Brave, especially as some of those 
non-frat kind of pet alliances move in and, and start attacking us, particularly in our in our prime times like EU and USTZ. Oh man, we didn't even talk about the the test situation. Is there a feeling of betrayal there? Is there bad blood? Because I would be pretty pissed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking towards my, myself, at least, and, and definitely some things I've heard from other people in the alliance, there's a little bit of a feeling of betrayal. Like, but that last push, bravery, the last people all field in, in one DQ during that kind of final push. When, as we were doing that fight, test keep stars were unanchoring across their regions. That that you know kind of sucked because it left us without anywhere to be able to really go. I mean, we're all all of a sudden stuck in Aquarius and Imperium's out for blood. I mean. That just wasn't going to go well for us. So there's definitely a feeling of betrayal, especially now that we've tried to become independent, that it's it's really some of those former legacy alliances that are coming back to attack us. But I mean, at, at the same time, I'm still friends with a lot of people in test. I mean, I used to fly with them daily and, and talk with a lot of those folks and still do. So even though it's a little bit of a betrayal on the alliance level, that's kind of how Eve goes. You can't take everything personally in it, you know? Well, you could, though. <laughs> Uh, there's definitely <laughs> definitely people that do. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> I mean, I, I've definitely met some people, particularly over the last year, uh, that that take Eve very personally on well, a lot of levels. Look at personal now. Now just look at what Moonpire did to those nice folks in the wormhole. <laughs> if somebody can hold a grudge, they're definitely up there on that list. But uh, but that's one of the things that makes the Eve landscape kind of exciting. There's not really another. Like there, there's other MMOs like it, but there's not ones where you really get this level of just cooperation and, and fighting and, and just, you know, you really get to know people for it, even if they're on the enemy side. It kind of helps those grudges develop, and so it's all part of that story. Absolutely. It wouldn't be nearly as fun if you didn't, you didn't get under your skin sometimes, at least a little bit. Obviously, it's all spaceships, of course, but sometimes it's not just spaceships. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the game's better for it. I've always found, too. I mean, I've never really gotten sucked into the Eve drama like a lot of people have, but it is more fun when you care about the game somehow. Like oh, yeah. Like part of yourself in it. De- definitely fun not to be a part of like the major drama. I've luckily avoided that throughout my short but long Eve career. But um, it's definitely fun to watch, and it's nice to be able to point to uh, to people and say that, that you know that the game you spend a lot of time playing gets a little bit a little bit crazy sometimes gives you good stories to tell. Speaking of good stories, we've got a great one also involving Test. Uh, as they're busy sticking a knife in Brave's back, somebody decides to stick one in theirs. Less you know emotionally, metaphorically, more literally in this case. Uh, Burn Eden and Blue Eyes and Exodia Tune Duelist Kingdom Duelers. <laughs> I fucking love that name. That's an alliance tournament name if I ever heard one. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh. Formerly Fifth Dreadnought, uh, also known as Amelia Duskface, Blackbark Pirate, Kadesh Priestess, all those guys, uh, collectively Gore and Clade. They have been ripping Test the New One in a way that we haven't seen a small gang warfare group do since, I think, Volta first emerged from Wormhole Space and kicked the shit out of Nullsec. This was absolutely brutal. Uh, as far as numbers, probably like 200 to 250 versus a little over 5,000 players, not to mention all of Test's coalition allies like PanFam and XDeath who kept coming in to bail them out. But effectively, um, Gore and Clade got bored with their wormhole, 
decided that they wanted to look for content more seriously in K-Space. They realized that most people wouldn't take them shooting their structures seriously because they figured the wormholers won't show up for the next timer, which most of the time was true. So they decided to stage in K-Space and actually turn up for those timers and thus began a thorough, absolutely dismantling of Tess's backline in Great Wildlands and Outer Passage to the tune of somewhere between 600 billion and 1 trillion ISK, which is absolutely inconceivable. Like, uh, you know, as far as the conventional wisdom of NullSec, this sort of thing shouldn't happen. You had uh, small groups, uh, you know, pilots that could only field 25 to 50 people in a given fight, dropping capital ships in Tess's home region, uncontested, using supers, and Tess could not effectively defend. Uh, They did defend some timers when they turned up in great numbers. You know, numbers too great for those guys to deal with, but they still wound up losing those fights. Uh, And then eventually they just stopped turning up for timers, and they were killing Astrahouses, Rytaras, Athenors, Fortazars, Asbels, left and right. Uh, the only thing apparently that they consistently defended were Tataras and Up, uh, which, you know, I'm sure they have a lot of those, but they have even more of these other structures, and they're just absolutely getting brutalized. And any time Tess did turn up, they get the shit kicked out of them. Wolfie, I, can you explain this as a, as a null alliance that has held regions for most of its history? One of the small gang warfare group like this turns up, even if they're outstanding pilots. What is happening here that they're able to use caps, able to use supers, and test has no answer? Yeah, I mean, it. I, I'd say it defies common sense as far as like what everybody believes about NullSec, which is if you're a small gang group, you really can't do anything against major alliances. That's really going to hurt them. But I mean, it's it's not true when you find an alliance like test as in right now where they've gone through a lot of hard times. They're not necessarily focused on defending that space. They currently have Maybe they don't want the space anymore. I don't know. That would just be speculation. But at the same time, once, once you kind of lose that, that turnout where people are just not coming out and defending structures, or even when, when they are, when it's kind of a has uh, like a half-assed defense, that, that kind of feels like where they're, they're at. I see, I see a lot of the same, between what happened with us and and us getting burnt out of catch by initiative. Obviously, we were fighting a much larger group at that time, but once you stop having people turn out for your timers and defending your structures, that's really where you start to see those heavy losses happen, like like we're seeing with Test. And some of this just defies belief. Like, you're seeing... I'm looking at kill mails right now. I'm seeing basilisks destroyed by six nightmares. Uh, And... They have, let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 15 basilisks in fleet to rep that guy. They lost them all. It was a total wipe. <laughs> Every member of their Lodgy fleet died. At least that's, that's on the board here. They might have had even more, who knows, that, that managed to survive. But the logistics wing couldn't even keep itself up, let alone the rest of them. Yeah, it's just it's just crazy. I don't know if they've got other things on their mind when they're trying to FC or if they're sending the new people out for it. But I've looked at some of the kill mails. They've they, some of them are, are good pilots and, and good known FCs that are losing to them. So it's it really has just kind of defied you know logic with it. Um, 
I'm kind of glad that it's happening. Nice to see Goran Clay getting some some content, um, particularly with the way null blocks are. I know it can be hard to find nowadays, so I'm, I'm happy for him. And kind of glad that Test is losing some of their structures. It's it's nice to see, particularly as they start to turn their eyes to us. Oh, yeah. I mean, karmically, <laughs> very deserving of what's happening to them. Oh, yeah. Let's not be, <laughs> let's not be glib about it. Lave, what are your thoughts on this? Because... This is like a, a small gang warfare alliance's dream to be able to do this kind of thing to a big group like Test. This but oftentimes is, this... the dream has a harsh meaning of reality when they drop like hawdreds with faxes and just push you off and ignore you. Yeah, this is this is those times where you where you hope to be there for when the stars align, and it's every kind of small to mid groups kind of, kind of dream to fight an enemy that, for all intents and purposes, has lost the will. Um, lost that seems to have lost any inclination, any kind of cohesion on it itself. Because as you say, there are there are kill, there are battle reports here that are distinctly one sided in favour of the of the of the underdog, you know, versus the versus the you know, what what should be under normal circumstances, you know, blah blah blah. And I, I think this is the. I'd love to see this happening more and more. It's, it, it, I look, because it's, it's great for the game to see this, to see, you know, kind of like small groups really, because this is how small groups become big groups, become legendary groups. Can, and you talked about Volta. I mean, they're, they're, they went from, from uh, wormholes to, to Nullsec itself. This is how people get a name and put themselves on the map itself, a test. Um, the pendulum's, the pendulum's coming back around in a big way and it's, um, giving them a good smack on the arse on the way past. Oh yeah, uh, I and mean, there, the test story when it's written, an alliance that has fallen so far so fast. I mean, I've read both of the Eve history books. I'm trying to think back into my own Eve experience. I don't know there is an alliance that hit such heights and then fell so fast so far. Like they were at one point, the, they went from just like a newbie alliance, like Brave, like Goon. They ascended to, like, I guess kind of where Brave is now, and then said, hey, we're going to go make our own coalition. Thanks for all your help, goons. We're, we're going to do it ourselves. And they've grown that coalition. At one point, Legacy was, I think they were the biggest, certainly with their coalition with Pam Fam, like, which Tess was acknowledged as more or less the leader of during the war with goons, the biggest coalition the game's ever seen. And really, over the course of... A week, they lost that status, they lost the war, they lost all their space, and now, even in defeat, they're falling further and further. It's it's shocking to see just that trajectory for an alliance, and, you know, most test pilots that I've ever run into have been great, but, like, as an organization, that's, that's like, the worst luck slash fate i guess depending on your view that you could possibly have yeah they're they're in a tough spot um i was speaking with a lot of current and former test pilots at, at fan fest this year um and they they weren't quite in the same position that they're in now but uh at, at the same time a, a lot of them felt like they kind of got abandoned by their higher leadership and and unfortunately in, in eve like we saw kind of with, with brave with some of our leadership being afk and not really having one person to lead it all. Once you start having that leadership and that direction, it can snowball really fast. So I, I, I still expect Tess to recover, to be honest. I, I don't know quite what they'll, they'll do yet as far as 
how the war will go with us. Um, I know that they're going to be pushing us in, in GTC pretty hard coming so, up soon. Um, it'll be interesting to see whether they can kind of regain that that top place they were at before, or if they're just going to kind of continue to stagnate and, and lose groups. Well, EVE is a game measured in years, so you may not know for some time what the ultimate outcome is there. And I, and I don't want to down test too much. I mean, of the small gang alliances to get your ass kicked by, there's the least shame in getting it kicked by Blue Eyes, Exodia, Toon Duelist, because, uh, and the, you know, this is my personal opinion, but I think pound for pound, they're probably the best small gang warfare alliance Eve has seen in a long time. Like, not just alliance tournament stuff, but I mean, actually on tranquility out in the wild. They've got some of the most elite pilots consistently winning gobsmacking fights. And it's not just the stuff that makes it onto Amelia's YouTube page either, obviously. For every fight he posts, there's probably several that he's not posting that didn't go so well. But you can look at their their killboard stats, even flying three-build nightmares constantly. They're still doing extremely well. And a lot of those pilots have an incredible pedigree, like Soldier Forester, uh, Kadesh Priestess, all those guys. So... You know, you're getting dismantled by, you know, uh, the premier experts in your field, but it still shouldn't be happening. You should still just be able to put, you know, 10 Hawdreds with 10 Faxes in your home region, and then if they drop Supers, you should be able to drop more. Yeah, it's, it's Don't going, know why they can't. <laughs> it's completely going against the ideal that this is a numbers game that you need, you know, whoever has the most pilots wins. It's It's really start to prove that's not always the case you know they're they're literally going up against some of the best small gang pilots in the game and it's not going too well for them on tests end so it's kind of cool to see though i I, i'm really glad that it's it's kind of stopped it stopped nullsec warfare from stagnating a little bit to see groups like that be able to do do what goran clade has done it's been really awesome to watch yeah it needs to happen i mean i'll just kind of plug my shout out right now. I thought the, the post that was written up, the kind of the AAR with it was excellent. It's one of those, you get posts on Reddit and every so often a real gem comes around with their kind of write up about how they did things. And I thought that was amazing. Um, and I, I really want there to be more situations like this. And if you want to check out all of the fights happening, check out Amelia Dustspace YouTube. I'm also going to link the AER that Lave is referencing. Uh, a lot of these fights were televised, so to speak. So you can really see the ins and outs of the videos. They're absolutely fascinating. Well, the Alliance tournament's coming around. That should make the Blue Eyes guys even happier. And sure enough, I think the only reason Test is going to get any respite is because they now need to focus on practicing for the tournament. Um, Lave, why don't you walk us through what the Alliance tournament is looking like this year? So the initial post was done about a week or two back itself, and I, I, I think it's generated quite a bit of buzz on the Noir side of things. You know, we had a great run in the, in the last day of Alliance tournament, making it to the last 16, I think, against a lot of um, expectations. Um, and so we're, I think we're really pumped up to see if we can try and match that kind of side of things. Um, 
so this tournament is going to be less pancakes and more Mimitar. It's going to have a Mimitar spin to it, so they're going to be the sponsors. So we don't know until Tuesday what the points will be like, but it usually is that the sponsors have some kind of discounted ships, but we don't quite know which ones it is. Mimitar is a pretty broad church, um, but we'll see what happens there. Um, and it looks like there's going to be a, a couple of tweaks onto this tournament that they seem to have done. They've taken from the places like the Anger Games, for example, such as the where if you have multiple ships of a single type, it increases their base point up, uh, cost up uh, in the comp. And there's going to be some kind of feeder tournament beforehand sponsored by the main tribes of the Mimitar itself, which I think that would be quite interesting. Not quite sure exactly how they've got it arranged, but I'm really interested to see how they tie this in um, to the tournament itself. And we're also going to see the return of the Freki and the Mimir. These are the previous um, Alliance tournament uh, prize ships. Um, they, they're pretty messed stats by themselves. Apparently, they're going to see some slightly updated versions come out. But I do, I do love the, the look of those ships themselves. They're, they don't uh, appear much. And I obviously like seeing them dying on Zedkill as well. Apparently, people were shit-talking the Freki and the Mimir, saying they're the worst Alliance tournament ships. They are. I never heard that. They are bad. Um, oh, really? The, the Freki um, looks great. It's like a cross between a Jaguar and a TIE Fighter. Um, it looks great. Um, but it has, a, it has a web range bonus, and it has meh damage. So the only way to really fly, the, the logical way to kind of fly it is an artillery webbing platform, but it really doesn't have the effective hit points to kind of do either, and its DPS is anemic, and it's not fast enough of an AB. Um it, and the Mimir is the Munin, essentially. It's like an armor Munin type thing with some extra fins. And it has uh, more armor resistances, um, a little bit more in tracking and speed. Uh, but it doesn't really have any, it doesn't really have anything else going for it. I mean, it's, it's probably worthwhile saying that a lot of these ships haven't had their stats adjusted since they did a lot of the changes. For example, um, if you talk about the Fiend, for example, which is the Sansha Alliance tournament ship, its whole shtick previously was that it ignored the bubble. Um, the mass penalty from the bubbles but now all the bubbles are massless um, and don't affect that so that whole ship's kind of Mm. shtick if you will is completely irrelevant and the ships haven't been updated for the times so do you think they'll update just the ones that they're giving out or do you suspect they'll update the whole line they've said I think that they're going to release a new line so the old ships will be collector's items i think and they might release maybe some kind of i don't know maybe uh, you know tribal freaky tribal whatnot maybe just something uh, to kind of just say this is a slightly different version maybe with a different take i suspect they've looked at the lessons of the previous ships because the the current alliance tournament ships coming out like the the lilabs for example these things are just insane with their statistics with the the bonuses that they get they they are head and shoulders sometimes above where other ships in their class stand, whereas the Freki and Mimir, they're outclassed um, by their by just standard T two. Hmm. Well, at least they gave the Freki the assault damage control. That was that was <laughs> nice. So they didn't completely leave it. <laughs> Yeah, so signups open on the 19th from closing on the 23rd of August with a roster lock on the 30th. And then we've got the trials tournament um, starting in early October for two weekends. Flagship locks mid-October. And then the main tournament kicks off second to third week of November, uh, running over two weekends. Um, so not too far away, um, particularly since all sense of time has gone through COVID, at least in my world. Um, not a lot of time to prepare, but I've, yeah, it's super exciting. Yeah, and uh, we're recording this on the 7th. The 
sign-up post is going out the ninth, and I presume they'll also include a lot more information about how other parts of the tournament are going to work, possibly points, possibly the feeder rounds. So we will continue to go in more depth in the Alliance tournament as they release more stuff. Uh, just like last year, we will be entering. Uh, whether or not we get the, the bid spot or we have to fight our way through, we don't know, but we're definitely fielding a team. So this will be a good spot for more Alliance tournament news because we're going to be living it for the next couple months. Yep. I think it's also just fair from our last episode. I think CCP have made a point that they're going to do a little bit more reviewing on, on individuals' histories. I think we reviewed to the, the events of the previous podcast. Um, mercenary rule returns. Um, so um, it doesn't mean you can have mercenaries uh, kind of freelancing for teams. Um, and certainly that's an always a good way to kind of get into a team, particularly if you're not in an alliance. Um and yeah, I, I wonder. I wonder if we'll see as many uh, AT ships out of this. I mean, the last tournament was great because I mean, you got to last sixteen and you got AT ships, which is that was awesome. And I wonder if they'll. I, I hope they do the same again. But I know that if that happens, I think that the bidding war for spots in the AT is going to be so much more intense because you only have to win out of the winners bracket two two matches. And you're in the top 16 and you've got Alliance tournament ships and you've got tens of billions of ISKs to spend. And that's 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 your investment recoup there. Well, I think the the word is, for as far as I know, they do plan on doing that. But, you know, ultimately we're not going to know for sure until the blogs come out. I will say, though, that this probably will be an intense tournament. Just, I mean, the Anger Games had a lot of interest. Obviously, with five-man teams, it's a lot easier to field than ten, especially when it all has to come from your Seven alliance. Man. Huh? Seven-man. Seven? Was it, I'm sure the Anger Games were seven-on-seven. Seven. I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure it was seven-on-seven. Seven. Nope. 10v10 team battles, double elimination. Oh, no, no. oh, no, I thought meant the Anger Games. Last Anger Games oh, was Anger seven Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, this is done-on-seven. Oh, it's it's still significantly more difficult to field a 10-man team consistently. So I don't know if the interest will be quite as much, but I do think teams will be a lot more prepared for it this year than they were last year. Um, and I already know, for instance, that a lot of networks' old team has sort of scattered to a couple of groups, some of which already fielded teams. And if they're, you know, recruited our team players, they're almost certainly going to field them. And then a few that hadn't, but may. So we shall see. Yeah, just throwing this out there from the, the Brave side. I know that they've already started uh, to spin up our roster, and I know that they're starting their practices on the 13th, so there's definitely a lot of interest going into it. Brilliant. Yeah, Brave's, Brave's always a good watch on the tournament. I wish you guys all the success this year. I'm hoping uh, we get another meme video out of it. The one from Jinx was uh, was pretty great for our recruiting. It's a fun <laughs> one to watch. <laughs> Yeah, shout out to the test propaganda department. You guys do good work. Uh, moving into some host highlights. Mine's real quick. Uh, shout out to Opus and Sabat from Kybernauts Clade, also of Triglavian Times podcast fame. If you haven't listened to that, go check it out. Uh, but got a ping to help kill them, help them kill a Potvin Astra House owned by Pandemic Horde. Did not generate the fight that we were anticipating. There was talk of Ishtar fleets. It looked like a Macario fleet was going to come out and fight. It did not ultimately happen, but it was still cool to be there to kill a Potvin structure. These are irreplaceable. They cannot put any more structures up in Potvin. 
So every one of them that dies cannot come back. And it's always cool when you're involved in a unique event, something that can happen again. You know, you're, it's like killing, you know, if they made one Alliance tournament ship or any, actually any of the Alliance tournament ships, it's like on that level, I think. Um, so cool. One of my favorite kill mails and I'll be looking at it fondly for a little while. So thanks guys. Uh, my alliance, I think my highlights are just really quick. It's just the fact that the AT's back. Um, I, I tend to do a lot of the kind of the, the theory crafting on it itself, and I kind of enjoy that side of things. And I'm looking forward to spinning that up again um, and seeing what we get into, particularly with the fetus and, and so with the practice. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, as far as you know, over the last couple of weeks, I've been playing around with a lot more bait sino fits, just getting nice passive tank sigils out there and dropping combat rooks on stuff. That's always fun. And then hopefully in the uh, Hope in the next couple of months we might have some more info coming out about uh, the meetups in North Carolina that I help organize. Um, we're hoping to maybe do a, a multi-day event and have people down for a couple of days instead of just like the afternoon dinners that we usually do. That'll be cool. Oh, we can get cool. it out. Yeah, super cool. Yep, it'll be up on Reddit if we do anything for it. <laughs> nice. Well, for shout-outs, I, of course, want to thank our Golden Elite sponsors on Patreon. Acer Card, Bodie Wilson, Fate Atreides, Kestrel Swainson, Krav, Mark Havoc, Ting Tengu, and Tweak. Thank you for your continued support. A lot of these guys have been with us since we spun up the Golden Elite program, and I couldn't be more thankful. Uh, I also want to give a quick shout-out to Akbad and Rob and Noir for being Johnny on the spot with getting our AT efforts into gear. I think within within hours of the posting before I even saw it, they were already getting our team organized. So thank you guys. I've done mine with my little post on there. Wolf. Yeah. I just want to thank all the smaller groups that have come out to, to kind of help rave with the war. I know Noir, y'all have definitely partnered with us for some of the stuff and seen a lot of timers being created, a lot of fun uh, battle reports coming out. So I, I do want to thank all those other groups that aren't in Brave that have come out, uh, as well as everybody in, in Brave that's dedicated the time to the war. It, it's really keeping the Alliance alive, and it's generating a lot of fun content. Well, that's it, guys. Speaking of fun content, head to declarationswar.com to participate in this show's poll. And you can also check out youtube.com slash C slash Alexei of K to leave a comment on our show highlights. Noir Recruitment is still on going into the Alliance Tournament. It will turn off at some point. Um, you know, We're, we're going to have to probably have the roster lock, I guess, or, or somewhere close to there. We'll probably be turning things off going into the tournament. But if you've been thinking about joining us and you're at all interested, I do encourage you to reach out. We're still trying to grow. We'd love to be killing tests in the future as well. So... You know, well, we'd like to get to the point where we can field a 25, 50-man fleet. That would be nice. <laughs> uh, and just a reminder that we are also alpha-friendly, so if you've decided to give up your EVE subscription but you still want to get in on the best EVE content, you can still find a home here. If you want to come hang out with us, chillax in Cafe Noir Dot, where you'll find our link to our Discord and answers to any questions you might have about Noir, mercenary content, or what it's like to be in the Corp. And with that... Good hunting, listeners.